Hi there, and welcome to the Shop Notes podcast. This is episode 15. I'm your host, Phil Huber, and today I'm joined by the usual suspects, Logan Whitmer and John Doyle. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how the three of us got started in woodworking and what our influences are. Uh, we'll also take a look around our workbenches to see what we're working on and also uh, give some updates about the podcast and the magazine and what we all have going on. So let's get started. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs, and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com. Awkward right. silence. Awkward yeah. silence. So, <laughs> so one of the, you know, we usually try and keep a, a list of podcast topics that we can talk about on a weekly basis. I mean, of course, we want to talk about the projects that we're working on, but it's always nice to hear from the listeners. And one, we've had a couple of requests now to talk about uh, our origin stories. So when you first got your superpower of woodworking and maybe uh, what propelled you along the way, because I think we probably all have a first woodworking memory, but then there's also kind of the what's kept it up since mm -hmm. then. So, John, you want to start it off? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I always, as a kid, enjoyed building stuff, creating stuff, whether it was Legos or other building materials. And um, we had a garage shop at our house, and, and I followed my dad around um, on, you know, his home improvement endeavors and always had a hammer and nails and plane, much to my dad's detriment, I think, using his tools and leaving them out and getting them rusty and stuff. So um, I think that's kind of where it started. Um, my grandpa was a, a big woodworker and tinker too. So that's kind of what, what started it out. And then as I grew up, I kind of, you know, got into shop classes in high school and middle school as most, you know, uh, people that have interest in it do. So I kind of, it kind of followed through there, and then I went off to college, and I majored in mechanical engineering. So still wanting to design and create create stuff, and but it still had that love of woodworking. I ended up minoring in uh, forestry and forest products, um, and uh, foster that the creating out of wood type thing. So then I graduated um, with my mechanical engineering degree. Decided I didn't want to sit at a desk and mine a computer. So uh, I got a job out of college working for a uh, custom cabinet shop. And I kind of got to do a little bit of everything there, whether it's design or, or working, um, you know, out in the shop, building stuff, installing cabinets, kind of learn more about fine woodworking um, from, from that job. And I worked there for three years before I found um, a job at uh, Woodsmith Magazine and um, kind of continued there. So, and, and it's in that, um, after graduating from college too, I bought a house and I had a family. So then it started, you know, doing more home improvement projects or burn, building furniture for my house or my kids or that kind of thing. So that kind of fostered the hobby side of it as, as I, you know, continued to grow as in, in woodworking at, at Woodsmith magazine. So that's kind of where I started out and, and where I am now, I guess. 
So would you say that you're woodworking? Well, first of all, I want to say that just the fact that you majored in mechanical engineering and forest products makes you mm -hmm. probably the most legitimate out of the three of us. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I uh, went to school for engineering and I got all the way through, got my degree, and I did not get to drive one train. So that's kind of where <laughs> I was disappointed. And, and probably why I'm in woodworking rather than engineering. So, but yeah. Right. So, so it, if these are origin stories, every origin story has a villain, right? So who do your yeah. villain be during your early woodworking career, John? Oh, during my early woodworking career? Uh, I don't know. Probably my myself, cause just because I was like mm. just such a cur curious kid and like breaking tools and breaking stuff and getting into stuff. So at, at that at that time, as a young child, it was probably myself. Now it's probably uh, more kids and kids uh, toys and activities and stuff that are, yeah, are my villain because right. my garage filled up with bikes and toys and sandboxes scooters and, and yeah. scooters and mini bike. I'm looking around the garage right now of all the stuff that's in here. And so that's the big thing is, is, you know, by all the noise around it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love my kids and I have, you know, it's fun spending time, but, with them. but <laughs> you knew this was coming, but it's one of those things where it's yeah. like, you're, working in the office for the magazine or something and it's one of those days where it's just like a heavy computer day or meetings or something like that and yeah. you get to about 3 three thirty, uh and you're thinking oh man tonight it's kind of nice out i'm going to spend some time out in my shop and you're on your way home and you get the text or the call and it's like hey do you remember that it's blah blah blah's concert or practice or <laughs> fill in the blank and then it's just like just like the bomber got shot down right over, yeah. right over the target. So yeah, that's that's kind of the good thing right now is with uh, schools being closed and we're all home. Is there's no basketball practice or cross country practice or concerts or running around. But the kids are yeah. still underfoot. But it, it's been kind of nice because they've been out here in the garage and and uh, doing some stuff with me or asking me if to hey dad will you build this real quick or you know I help our I don't even know what day it is anymore. Maybe it was a week or two ago. I don't even know. <laughs> but built a little guinea pig hut for my daughter's guinea pigs that the that the guinea pigs sleep in and sure. you know, just kind of putting fun projects together for them like that. So Yeah. Logan, what about you? Uh you know it's funny because I think I we've all heard this from each other in different uh stuff. Uh, you know, through the TV show and stuff. I, it's kind of the same thing as John. Um, I was always following my dad around, um, not necessarily doing woodworking projects. It was more of like, you know, uh, it, really anything he was doing. So right. whether it was, you know, we used to finish a lot of basements for people. So it was framing and then drywalling and then pull, uh, well, pulling wire before drywalling. Uh, well, I made that mistake once. Uh, but, you know, it's like just doing random stuff like that with my hands. Um, and same thing. I, I had, I loved Legos. I loved building stuff. Right. I've always loved building stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's Legos. Um, my favorite thing growing up was an Erector set. I had four or five of them. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, I'm young enough that the ones I got when I was younger had the little motors on them that you could plug into the computer and program them and stuff. And it was just, oh, it was wow. blessed. I always loved building stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and once I got into uh, middle school or high school and I realized, hey, my high school has an entire woodworking shop and metal shop. I mean, I was, I was in heaven. Uh, and it was like, wow, there's actually a, there's more to woodworking than building a basement. And I kind of just took off from there. Um, and anybody that knows me knows if I do something, I'm like I'm fully invested right away. <laughs> so it just was like <laughs> thousand miles an hour from the get go. Right. Uh, so 200%. yeah, and, exactly. Uh, my, my earliest thing, it's funny because nobody in my family was necessarily a woodworker. Um, my great grandpa was, um, he did a lot of scroll saw work. Okay. So we do a lot of like little yard art. Um, the only thing I have of his tool wise, I, I did have some of his stuff. Uh, I have a set of his awls, um, just kind of oh, the generic cool. Sears and Roebuck, you know, uh, echo. Yeah, with a little fun bonnet on the top. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have a set of these, you know, I have another one up here. Uh, so it's just, you know, not any fine woodworking tools and he didn't do what I would call fine woodworking. Uh, he did more of like craft fair type woodworking so sure. signs and yard stuff uh, my aunt used to paint a lot of them uh my great aunt so uh they were always teaming up on stuff um i ended up with his scroll saw uh, and i quickly realized it wasn't a very good one so i, <laughs> I sold it <laughs> and stuff um but yeah that's kind of how i got started uh i woodwork i did woodworking all through high school um i spent more time than I should have in the shop in high school, probably. And uh, during college, uh, you know, I was being in college and I didn't have much room or time to invest in woodworking. So I kind of fell out of it. Uh, then moving back uh, or moving to Des Moines, uh, where we're at now, uh, buying our first house, got a shop, got, got my garage. And uh, one of the first projects really was to, to build a crib for my son. And I told my wife, I was like, Hey, you know what, if you're going to, um, buy a crib and spend a good amount of money on it, I was like, Hey, just let me buy a, a table saw and I'll build it. And she did. And I think she's regretted that day ever since. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. then it's up the having kids or getting the tools? Uh, you, uh, the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Although I will say, you know, these last couple of weeks being home, right, uh, on our quarantine uh, is, is interesting because really just within this three-week period, I found that my kids are now at the age where my wife and I can both go do something without worrying about the kids a lot. Which is right. really nice. I mean, uh, you know, our youngest is going to be three this summer. Um, but he's always been one of those. It's like, yeah, I got to keep an eye on Henry because who knows what he's doing. Oh, uh, where he is. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of the little cannonball. Like if he can go through it, he's going to try. And he's at the point where my wife will be in the office working or sewing or doing whatever. I can be in my shop for an hour and I won't hear a peep out of the kids. I'll go upstairs and they're both playing or watching TV or something. And, my oldest will say, Hey, I got him a snack. And it's like, 
this is great. Yeah, so. it, that's a fun milestone when you realize where it's like, my full-time job is not overseeing your entertainment right now. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's been yeah. fun. So I've gotten a lot of work done here in the shop in the last couple of weeks. So Sweet. Yeah, if there anything like my kids, it's like if you if you can hear like a steady, like, amount of noise and activity everything's fine it's when it goes silent it's like yep. okay what's going it's like, on whoa like it's we've reached defcon one they're, they're yeah they're plotting something so i will say i will say uh our youngest has learned that he can open the sliding glass door so our cat has made out onto the deck five times in this last week <laughs> he's not an outside <laughs> nice. cat either he made the mistake of jumping off the deck <laughs> once and he won't do that again i don't think right well hot stove mm -hmm. teaches best yep exactly what about you, Phil? Uh, well, first I was going to ask John, because both of you, like the three of us, are in that time frame where a lot of schools dropped shop classes or mm -hmm. radically changed them away from shop classes. Now, I gather from years, Logan, that having your shop class is, was pretty formative in becoming a woodworker. And you mentioned it, John. Would you say that your shop class actually helped you, like, kept that in you as a yeah i would say so just because um a lot of times you don't have access to the space or the array of tools that a shop class would have you don't necessarily have that at home growing right. up so i think that's kind of a big thing um as far as stoking the fire of being able to do more things and, and progressing in in woodworking or building stuff or any kind of you know, creative endeavor is having the tools and the space and, and that learning opportunity. So I would say, yeah, I've definitely, um, shop class made a big, has had a big part in that. Sure. See, cause when I was in, we called it junior high back then, um, I had shop class for 12 weeks in seventh and eighth grade. And I would say that those two classes were a lot of fun for me. But by the time I got to high school, uh, it was, and I totally get the idea that uh, this is my own miscalculation, but I kind of regret taking uh, woodworking classes in high school, thinking that, you know, either my dad would be able to teach me or I kind of fell victim to the uh, guidance counselors who were like, you know, you don't take those if you're in the college track, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Sure. So there was kind of a tiered classification of these kind of mm -hmm. students take shop classes and these kind of students don't take shop classes. So right. if going yeah. back in time, I would slap my high school self to take those classes because I think mm -hmm. my own woodworking would have gotten just that much better sooner. And I think probably would have carried me a little <laughs> bit more because I got to high school and I didn't really do a ton of shop and then, or woodworking even with my dad, you know, I did some, like you guys have mentioned, home improvement stuff or car repair, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. But then, you know, through high school and college, I was either wrapped up in that or living in a dorm, you're not really doing a ton of woodworking. And uh, mm -hmm. so, so it was really after I got out of college and had my own apartment where I started to put that back together. And I think what really triggered it for me to get back into woodworking or to dive into it a little more was having uh, woodworking magazines around at the time, which was mm -hmm. 
you know, early internet days, so there wasn't much out there that way. But, you know, like my dad was a subscriber to Woodsmith and Shop Notes, and every time I would see him or go up to visit, he would, you know, I'd always flip through his magazines, and it was kind of vicarious woodworking, and it was more of those, mm -hmm. the idea of like, this would be really fun to build. And then I would read the article or read about the tool or the technique. And then I started to pick up some more tools and things along the way. And I think that's what really made the big difference. So, I mean, even now yeah. I have a ton of woodworking magazines where I have little post-its and dog-eared yeah. corners. And, you know, I keep yeah. way more magazines than I should just because there's a lot of fun projects that if I were to win the lottery or something, I would just basically not come out of my shop and just build stuff yeah. nonstop. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because there, I think we would all agree that shop classes have uh, diminished over the years, right? Right. Uh, that not a lot of schools have shop classes anymore, but what I found is those that do have shop classes, the quality of them has improved significantly. Mm -hmm. uh, at least, at least the ones I'm aware of. Right. You know. Yeah. Like our, I, oh, good. Well, I was thinking. I think there was that. There was like a lull in the '80s and early '90s where there was a big push for technology. Like all the shop classes changed from industrial arts or shop to technology education. So like in our high school, one of the wood shops just got totally ripped out and turned into the computer lab, yeah. you know, where they were doing programming and things like that. And which is yeah. fine. I mean, that needs mm -hmm. to be part of an education too, I think, but I think there's a both and instead of an either or, but you're right. It seems like, like even where I live now, there's a, the school is pretty heavily focused on academics, but has still has a decent wood shop program going. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the one I'm thinking of, um, I just took some stuff up to them because I know one of the, actually one of their teachers was my shop teacher in high school. And uh, they've seen, you know, my shop class in in high school was m most people were building the, the wall shelf or the, I mean, just, you know, the, the small right. shop class stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, what it seems to be that a lot of these schools are going to is more of the STEM based stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so it incorporates some form of shop, um, some form of woodworking or metalworking or something. Uh, but it's more from an industrial standpoint. So, uh, you know, Spencer, Iowa, where I uh, went up and brought some stuff up to them, you know, they have a really cool, um, uh, I don't want to call it an engineering program, but kind of, they have right. a lot of CNC stuff. They they have Inventor, and all their students are learning Inventor, uh, which is super cool. So it's more focused, I guess, towards preparing students for uh, in, entering the industrial field right. Uh, right out of high school and or setting them up well for college to, to continue on that path and not yeah. necessarily having a personal shop like we have. Uh, but it, it's interesting just to see the shift in it um, because it's, it's went more from, you know, practical hands-on use to more of setting them up for a career which i don't think is bad um but just it's an interesting shift yeah yeah that's kind of what i've seen too is like we went through a, a period of society where the trades were kind of looked down upon it's like no you should go to college you shouldn't get into the trades and then it seems like all that shop class stuff 
you know, fell off there for a while. And now people are realizing that, you know, there are uh, a lot of, um, you know, people going into the trades and they, and they need people there. And, and even if you are, if you don't plan on, you know, getting into uh, hands-on, you know, trade type work, it's like that stuff's still really handy to have in, you know, everyday life of being able to either take care of your home or your car or, or that kind of thing. So it is is good to, no matter what you plan on going into, is some background in that. So cool. <laughs> well, I would agree. I mean, it's just like you got that like micro kind of dirty jobs, you know, idea of you know recognizing the value of the people who work in those kind of jobs in in skilled trades and also that it's not the the unskilled look to it i mean if you're going to go into it there's a lot of technology that's flowing into mm -hmm. it in terms you know like you mentioned logan in terms of cnc machines yeah. or uh cad drawing skills uh, <laughs> even just basic and not so basic business information of being able to know how to run a uh you know to bill your time to exactly, cost out yeah. jobs and things like that that's a yeah having a high, it's, higher level look at it right yeah. yeah so so there you go superman origin stories for woodworkers so do you guys remember so i remember my two shop teachers one was a guy uh seventh grade his name was mr will and he had the like old school shop glasses that he wore all the time. I think sure, they were a yeah. prescription with the little screens on the side, yep. you know, that flipped out. And uh, he was a he was a safety stickler. Let's just say he, yeah. which I get, you know, when you're working with you know a bunch, yeah, bunch of young kids or whatever, but. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think I enjoyed working in spite of my class with, uh, with Mr. Will. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now ours were, uh, we had Mr. Allman who recently retired from where I went to high school, which was unfortunate because probably one of the best guys I've ever met. One of the best people I've ever met. Uh, and, uh, Clint Gator, my, uh, one of my other shop teachers, he's up in Spencer, Iowa now teaching, um, both great guys. So definitely two of the biggest, uh, uh, influences, I guess, from my early life, uh, which was fun. So that's fun yeah. to be in touch with them still. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I had uh, Mr. Plants was my high school shop teacher and football coach. And it's weird to think back now because he's probably, he was then, he was probably my age now. And, <laughs> like, I'm still in my 20s. So, I mean, he must have been really young <laughs> shop teacher. So it's weird right. to think about. Yeah. So. Uh, but it's funny, he, I was thinking back, he was my football coach, and I often joke around with you guys about rage work or whatever. It's like, when I get mad, I, I do a lot of work. He was probably the first one to get that out of me, is like, when he wanted me to stop screwing around on the football field, he would do something to make me really mad, and then it's like, look out, this guy's about ready to do some rage work. So, he, he is the... So he is, he is the origin story of the Hulk woodworker, I guess, if we're talking uh, superhero origin stories. So there you go. That's where it all began. Nice. Did I ever tell you guys I lit my pants on fire in high school shop? Huh. Liar, liar. I, I did. Fire. So we had a big metal 
shop as well. So it was like half metal, half woodworking. And I, I almost enjoyed metal work, uh, metal shop more than woodwork than wood shop, uh, just because I knew a lot about the wood shop. So sure. it was learning something from metalworking. Oh yeah. I was using oxyacetylene to cut some steel plate apart. And back then in high school, it was really cool to have frayed pant legs, except oh, when yeah. you're cutting steel plate with an oxyacetylene right. torch. All of a sudden I'm like, why are you guys beating on my legs? What are you doing? <laughs> and my pants were on fire. <laughs> I know you're 10 years younger than me, but I'm imagining that you were wearing like hammer pants, like MC hammer pants. No, 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 like, no. They were like oh. Jinko jeans. Remember Jinkos? Hmm, no, oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that, John does it. They were all baggy with all oh, the yeah. big pockets. Or, oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Yep. Okay. Not a proud point in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, what are you guys working on? John? Um, right now, I'm the, uh, working on the 50 bowls in 50 weeks. So I have my bowl blank. Oh, nice. yeah. I don't, have a, I don't have a lathe at home, so I was going to do the uh, router and bowl and tray um, yeah. method. So I got my template and my blank. So Nice. That's cool. kind of what I'm messing around with in my shop right now. So we'll see how long it takes me to do that. At least three or four weeks. <laughs> All right, I guess I got a few bowls on bank. This will be, I think this will be the next one. Uh, this is this one's one that I was texturing. Oh, yeah. So it's not pretty cool, I think. I'm going to maybe colorize it. But I'm working on, I don't know if you can see back there, I have some uh, poker table legs. That's the short section. The big section is leaning across my bench back there. Oh, there we go. Yep. Uh, for those of you guys that are watching uh working on that it's it's going a little bit slower doing it all at home than it is in the shop where we have access to all our big tools um, right but yeah working on that i'm also starting to cut parts apart for a little miter plane i'm gonna make so oh nice yeah, so we got some bridge mm, nice. and base and a uh, piece of brass for the back um and i'm still sorting i'm still sorting through hand tools like i'm i almost got through all of mine and then i bought some more uh which was like <laughs> restock yeah you had a restock yeah. and so i came up with the, these were in a uh i bought a box of um knobs and uh totes from hand planes, right just right. like random ones and there was like two or three in there that i thought were kind of interesting um and they were they ended up being like number 45 stanley uh knobs from the fence um so i made my money back on those and i got a few others to sell now uh but the this was in there i don't know if you guys could see that my lighting's not terribly good over here it's like a, it's just a little like threaded knob it's like a little brass threaded knob but it's it's uh nickel plated super heavy and it's small and it looks like it should go like on like a depth stop of like a Stanley 78, like dado plane or rabbit oh, plane rabbit or something, plane, yeah. but it doesn't and it doesn't fit. And I can't, I can't figure I have two of them and I can't mm. figure out what it is. The only thing I can think of is maybe it's like an antique drawer pull. Maybe, maybe that you seems know? like a pretty big hole on the inside for a drawer pull. Well, it's, yeah, it's about a quarter 20. A quarter 20 doesn't fit it, but it's about the size of it. 
Yeah. Um, so I like I keep reaching out to the Facebook groups I'm part of and the the hand plane restoring groups. I'm like, what is this? This has to be like it. It looks so familiar. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people that are like, yeah, I've seen that a thousand times, but I couldn't tell you what it is. And I know it's gonna be something stupid, like it's gonna be like the top of a faucet or something <laughs> silly <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, but mm. you know, it's like, what the heck? Come on. So. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. Okay. What are you working on, Phil? Well, I'm still working on my uh, nightstand project, and I'm depending on how the weather holds up here. Hopefully, we'll be able to get to the point where I want to, where I can assemble it. It's one of those things where every time I get a little closer to assembly, my excitement level goes way up, and then I realize, oh, there's probably like four or five more steps yet before I should really assemble this. Yeah. You know, like uh, <laughs> I have a pretty small drawer compartment and then a little shelf just below the top that will, you know, you can tuck like a book or two underneath it or something like that. And I was thinking, uh, probably should pre-finish that before gluing it up. So it's like, dang it, now I got to do that. And yep. So, but in the whole process of making this thing, I realized how much I miss my router table. I think we talked about this last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I have found and rediscovered was how much I love the edge guide that came with my little Bosch router. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like it turns your handheld router into a router table because you get a fence that's built into it and everything's kind of pre-programmed. So it's just a matter of bringing a new piece in and I can make a bunch of repetitive cuts without having to clamp and unclamp straight edges and things like that. So, Well, you know what well, Mr. Fitch would do? He would just clamp that in his uh, bench and use it as a router table. Right, which I'm going to admit that I did. <laughs> All right. A couple of the pieces. And it worked surprisingly well, even though it was mm -hmm. definitely hacked. Yeah. So, um, one thing that I've noticed is that these edge guides, especially the generic ones that kind of come with your yeah. stock router, the fences mm -hmm. on them are pretty short. Mm -hmm. So whenever you start and end a cut, you get to that hair raising point where it's like jiggle and then it just yep. kind of shifts and you get a, uh, I don't know, a wobble in your cut, whatever it is, rabbit or a dado or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. So what I did is I, I got a, had some Wenge pieces that I just didn't know what to do with and it's Wenge so I didn't mm -hmm. really want to yeah. throw it out or put it in the burn pile so I sliced it down to about a half inch thick put some chamfers on it now I have a pretty long I mean it's about 12 inches long now uh, for those of you who are listening on YouTube you can see uh, put a fence on there and that made a huge difference in terms of being able to register uh, the router both as you're starting and exiting a cut so yeah, I was going to grab my router. It's actually up in the garage. I finished. I showed you guys a picture. I finished my screen door I started like a month or yeah. like a year ago. Right. But my router is in the garage still from routing the groove for the spline. But I have one of those. Um, oh, I got it from one of our work things. Uh, it's like the CB2. Um, oh, so the CRB7. CRB7, yes. It's like the big no, Optimus yeah. Prime. Optimus Prime of the router bases. Right. Same thing. I've been using that with the... I, it comes with uh, adjustable uh, fences for doing like uh, mortises, and I sure. just yanked one of them off, and yeah. it's just a big, huge fence on it now. Yeah, it's a big yeah. edge guide, which is great, and it works. It works phenomenally, you know. But. So yeah, so that's kind of what I've been working on. 
Are you, so are you, gonna, to, are you gonna build another router table then? I am, yeah, I'm probably gonna build two. I have, uh, I have parts, cause we did, we did this one on the TV show. Yep. And I have some parts left over from when we, you know, the uh, stunt parts, so to speak, from when we did that episode that I can fill out the rest of that one, so. Yeah. I'm gonna have that one for my little Bosch router, that handheld, that a little Colt. And then uh, I still wanna make a, probably a bench top one, but a little beefier in size for my 690, just to have something that has a little bit more muscle behind it. Yeah. So. You know, we were working on a, uh, a SIB, a special interest book, um, our router table book. Uh, it's a uh, reprint actually. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I don't know if you remember the old Woodsmith one that was a stackable. It's like you yes. take the top off and yep. I, like, that mm -hmm. thing is super cool. Like that how one have I never cool, built yeah. that one? So. I actually had a version of that one in my first home shop yeah. in our first house that my, uh, my brother had started, and then when he was moving, didn't have room for it, so I got it and finished it off. And so and that one is a pretty sweet design. Nice. All right. All right, well, I think that wraps up today's episode of the Shop Notes podcast. We'd like to hear your questions, comments, and smart remarks. You can direct the, those to us at uh, the email address woodsmith at woodsmith.com. Also something new that we're incorporating with our podcast broadcast are show notes pages for each episode. You can find that at woodsmith.com. Thanks for listening to the Shop Notes podcast and we'll see you again next week. Bye. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all of your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all in Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com.